You're listening to Something Real, connecting the reality of God to the realities of life. I'm Rich Zeiger, pastor of Real Life Community Church in Three Oaks, Michigan. And in today's episode, we're going to be looking at what Jesus says about the people of his generation. Neither Jesus nor John meet their expectations. It seems like they're going to be dissatisfied no matter what. Sounds a little like us. Humility, gratitude, grace, and faith shed us of our expectations, disappointments, and dissatisfaction. It seems like we humans have an ongoing struggle with satisfaction and contentment. We're constantly seeking greener pastures only to realize later that we're trying to graze a painted parking lot. That seems to be the sort of attitude that Jesus addresses in his own generation in Luke 7 verses 29 to 35. After addressing John the Baptist's uncomfortable question during the prophet's moment of uncertainty and defending John to the crowd, Jesus turns his attention to those who are rejecting the message of God. Jesus rebukes the people of that generation, essentially comparing them to spoiled children, unsatisfied, ungrateful, and unyielding. While they may be religious, perhaps even looking forward to the coming of Messiah, they were bound to be dissatisfied with anything that didn't live up to their own expectations. Their preconceived ideas of what should happen, of what God's champion or God's messenger should be like, made them utterly unable to receive or enjoy what God was actually doing. Both the messenger prophet and the champion Messiah had come, but they didn't fit the ideals of the masses, and specifically of the leaders, and therefore both John and Jesus were rejected. We don't seem all that different today. Spirituality is in vogue in postmodern America. We love spirituality as long as it fits into our little box of preferences. Even Christianity, so-called, is welcomed and embraced as long as it is a certain kind of Christianity. It has to fit the accepted societal expectations, not challenge the accepted thinking of the masses, and certainly not dictate anyone's personal moral choices. In fact, true Christianity, as the definers of whatever the culture thinks that means might describe it, shouldn't judge anyone at all until the inevitable consequences of such libertinism eventually catch up with us. Then we rant and rail about the great immorality of those people or of Christian leaders who are caught in sin. Suddenly our pendulum swings from don't judge anyone to how dare they. This crazy contradiction is not limited to the world outside the church. Church folks are often equally guilty of dissatisfaction with God as he actually is. We base our faith, our hope, our joy more on our expectations of God, our human understanding, than on his revelation of himself to us. We are too guilty of falling into the satanic trap of forging a God in our own image, rather than receiving, trusting, and worshiping the God who made us in his. Then we're shocked, or at least displeased and disillusioned, when reality doesn't fit our mold. Why doesn't God fix my situation? Why doesn't he just take away all the bad stuff? When God fails to meet our expectations, or more rightly, when God chooses not to, our so-called faith is weakened because that faith is in a false God forged by our own imagination rather than in the one true living God. We often get hung up on our own expectations of God's servants. We too might see John the Baptist as some kind of religious nut, some austere killjoy with a few screws loose. Don't we often do that to others? Don't we consider those who are more strict in their conduct than we are to be legalists? Perhaps we might also view Jesus as worldly, 
or not very discerning because he did not follow our own pietistic standards since he spent his time hanging out with sinners at parties, even providing the alcohol himself on at least one occasion. Don't we regularly regard those with standards of behavior or standards of company that are less strict than ours to be less serious about their faith and holiness? What's more, we tend to hold that same attitude toward God himself and the things he chooses to bring into our lives. Throughout the Bible, the Lord makes clear that he sees what we don't, that his blessings are often disguised as suffering, and that he is not obligated, nor generally inclined, to explain himself to us created beings. Nonetheless, we who claim to trust him have an astonishing propensity to expect God to operate according to our agenda, our timeline, our understanding. Like spoiled children who feel like their parents or friends or the world owe them something, we become unsatisfied with God, ungrateful for his blessings, and unyielding in our demands for him to fit our expectations, to please us. Ultimately, we're really expecting God to do our will rather than choosing to trust and desire his will. We sound an awful lot like the people Jesus addresses in Luke 7. It's easy for us to look at the Pharisees and religious leaders in the book of Luke and nod with smug approval as Jesus rebukes them, yet to look at ourselves and miss the Pharisee in the mirror. Thanks for listening, and I hope this has given you something to think about. Thanks for listening. You can check out our shows on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, and on pretty much any podcast platform you'd like, including YouTube. So be sure to join us three times a week. We look forward to it.